Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We taped Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. Our guest today is Chubby Carrier. His band, Chubby Carrier and the Bayou Swamp Band, offers a unique blend of traditional Zydeco elements with a contemporary influence, including elements of rock, blues, and funk. His ability to fuse different styles and his captivating stage presence have allowed him to reach a broader audience beyond Zydeco aficionados. Chubby's release of Zydeco Junkie won the Grammy in the category of Best Zydeco or Cajun Music Album in 2011. Chubby is a third-generation Zydeco artist, following in the footsteps of his grandfather, Warren Carrier, his father, Roy, and his cousins, Bebe and Calvin Carrier. I have to say, his music is so cool, you can't help but tap your feet and rock when you hear his band's compelling beat. And I want to mention that I met Chubby first when we both served as ambassadors for a smoke-free Louisiana. Many musicians have died over the years from exposure to secondhand smoke, including our mutual friend, David Egan. When I met Chubby, I knew I was in the presence of greatness. Chubby, I still feel the same. Welcome to Discover Lafayette. Wow, that was warm. That that was a warm, warm, warm welcome. I'm so honored (laughs) to have you here. I mean, we met back probably around 2010. Mm -hmm. And people were still fighting to have smoke-free bars. Yes, yes. Musicians were fighting for their lives mm-hmm. and their livelihoods. Right. You know, you have to go along with what the law is. Mm-hmm. But um, I met you back then. You were already a super celebrity, and um, you stand out in our community. So it's our chance today to let you tell your story about how you grew up and, and became Chubby Carrier. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, we were fighting for uh, just for us to be able to be able to perform and work in a clean environment, mm-hmm. safe and clean environment. That was a test. It was. I mean, we tried all kinds of ways just to convince the club owners just to be able to let us in, uh, not just because of us, but the workers, the, the mm-hmm. moms, that single moms that's working at that Right. More attending job, you know? And then you go home, and we learn together about third-hand smoke. Right. It's not just what you breathe, but also what settles on your clothes. Mm-hmm. And then you go home, and you hold your baby, yeah. and the smoke is on your shoulder. Right, right. You hold that, them. I learned a lot through that. True, I did, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, being around it, looking at my accordion was being snow white to this, I mean, a completely dull yellow look on the accordion. I'm going, where's that from? Cigarette right. smoke. Right, You know, from a pearl white to, I mean, a complete yellow Stain accordion, you know, uh, but I, I can imagine what it, only what it was doing to my lungs, and I'm not a smoker, mm-hmm. but I'm in that bar 24 seven. That was scary, right. but that's what I wanted to do: use my voice while I had a voice, mm-hmm. you know. Before I lose my voice behind the cigarette smoke. <laughs> when did you find your voice? Can you go back? When did you realize I'm a musician like my family? Well, my daddy used to play the music. I was I ain't gonna never forget this. In 1977. My dad was playing in his house because they did a, they did a lot of house dances, and uh, they started playing the music. And as little kids, what we did, we didn't have playstations or nothing like that. We played mm-hmm. outside, 
You know, we're playing football, basketball, baseball. We were just rotating from sports. When my daddy would pull out of the accordion, my cousin, Baby and Calvin would pull out their fiddles. <laughs> oh, game over. I told them, I'm going to watch them play because mm-hmm. that they was making music. Unbelievable for what they were doing with music, knowing they can't read or write music. No, but really. They can't read or write music, but they feel the music. came from their heart. And I walked in the place and I said, oh, my God, I want to do that. And I said, Dad, how you learn how to play a card? like, oh, son, I just sat down from your grandfather. Your grandfather taught me how to play. And I said, well, where's the music? He said, what music is in, is in my heart? What I did today, I'm a sharecropper. I went out there. I told my story in my music. Music was my medicine. I, didn't, I can't afford a psychiatrist, son. But I can, I can play music and I can be cured from my own pains, aches and pains and long day of work by singing my troubles out. Mm-hmm. So they told stories out of their music. But some of it was sad. Some of it was happy. But when I seen the happy side of it, it made people dance. And I said, I want to be part of that. So I think that's when I found that I wanted to be a musician. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, I played football as well. So I told Church Daddy, Point. Church Point. I went to Church Point High School. And then uh, Daddy said, well... You follow your dreams, whatever you want. I said, I'd love to be a football player. And he said, if that don't work, then what you going to do next? I said, I'm thinking music. Oh, you might want to go get a job. <laughs> he didn't look at it as a He career. didn't look at it as a job. He said, look, da- Daddy only played this music just because it's a hobby and, mm-hmm. you know, we can get together and we can have some fun jam. and jam and play with your uncles and your cousins. But I don't think it's going to be a job, son. I said, why not? We should, I, I want to be out there to introduce the music to the world. Mm-hmm. I want to spread the Zodico gospel everywhere. He said, where are you going to go? I said, New York, Kansas City, St. Louis, Minneapolis. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't like music like that over there. I said, well, I want to be the first to take it out there. Why not? Introduce it to the world. I mean, everybody here, love it. <laughs> so I, I, knew my, I had my niche. He wasn't so sure about it, you know? I said, well, son, you know, I'm going to back you up. You're my son. Um, but if you don't make it, I can. We can always. We got an extra tractor. You can come back and work on the farm. <laughs> so you didn't make it as an NFL football star. Mm-mm. So you did go with your real calling. I didn't make it as a football <laughs> player. My cousin, I was telling him. I said, my cousin Mark Carrier. He he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for oh, eleven years. Wow. We were good players. Uh-huh. We were all good players, man. We were good good football players. But I wasn't good enough. What position did you play? I was wide receiver and then linebacker. Oh, cool. Yeah. So my cousin was tall, slender, about one eighty. And uh, he was fast. He was a wide receiver. He played with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's fin- he finished his career with the uh, Carolina Panthers. So I said, all right, Mark Carrier, you go to the NFL. I guess I'm going to be a full-time musician. Let's just go for it, you know? So I was just telling him that, you know, my cousin played in the NFL for 11 years, and he said, man, I never won a championship. And I said, well, I've been doing mine for 30 years, and I won a championship. <laughs> so things have a way of working out. It does, you know, because yeah. this is what they do. I tell you, I was telling him because a lot of times, these football players, I'd be just happy just to get into the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but no, their goal is I want to be a champion. I want to walk away as they a champion. I want that ring. I want that a championship. And you got ring. that ring, but it's a Grammy. That's that's the ring. That's the one. <laughs> that's the most prestigious trophy you get, ever get in music. Before we get into your 2010 award, I know it was awarded in 2011. Would you talk about what it was like when you realized, not just told your dad, but you started working as a musician, trying to get gigs? supporting yourself? Did you have a lot of side hustles? Like, how did you make it? No. When did you start playing? Like, when did you actually start pr- yeah. performing um, professionally? Well, I left with a band. I, I wasn't ready for my band yet. 
I left with a band called Terrence Simeon and the Mallard Playboys. That's what the name of the band was. Mm -hmm. I was their drummer uh, for two years, but I wasn't supposed to stay that long. Terrence called me out of the blue and said, man, I need a drum. I'm going to Europe. I'm opening up 10 nights with Fast Domino in Switzerland. And I said, you doing what? Where you go? I just, I told my dad, I just want to go to New York. Mm -hmm. You going to Switzerland? He said, yeah, I got about a 12-day tour in Switzerland. Ten of those, those dates, we're going to be working with Fats Domino. We're opening up for Fats Domino Gosh. in wow. 1987. Mm. I said, well, I'm not ready to start my band yet. Yeah, yeah, I'll go play uh -huh. drums with you. Yeah, sure. We'll play drums with Terrence. And he, said, he loved the way I played. And he said, won't you stick around, man? I said, well, I really want my own band. And he said, well, just stick around, learn the business. I'm traveling. I got an agent, and you can just see what I'm doing. Maybe you might mm -hmm. can catch on from there. So I stayed with him for two and a half years. You know, I wasn't supposed to stay that, stay that long, but I stayed with him because he was a great guy. I mm -hmm. loved working with him. But then I told him, I said, man, I'm ready. So 1989, I started my band, Chubby Carey and the Bayou Swamp Band. Uh, got an agent, and I just tra started traveling all over the world, mm -hmm. just everywhere. You look at the United States of America, we've been there, all over Europe. And paying your dues by sleeping in your car, yeah. sleeping in your van, <laughs> you know, just trying right. to make ends meet. I wasn't making no money. I was paying my band, but I wasn't making any money. But, you know, hard work pays off. But when I decided to start my band in 1989, I said, you know what, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. There's a lot of times I wanted to walk away from it because it was that bad, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But you got to follow your goals. And I tell that to the students that I go into classes. And I just say, yeah. listen, I said, a lot of times that I just want, I didn't want to do it. Oh, I got burned out. I didn't think I was going to ever make it. But you got to stick to it, mm -hmm. you know. Some way, somehow, like I said, hard work pays off. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good for you. Yeah. That was hard, but I did it. Uh, it wasn't easy, you know. Um, a lot of my friends can start off, you know, and you're watching The Voice and you're watching all these big shows and they get that break and going on The Voice and you can take That's off so on rare. tour. That's it's like, so man, rare. I never did none of that. Right. You would have. <laughs> would you have loved to have The Voice or American Idol? American, just to give me that, to that start. I know. Me, I had to left an old pickup van. I had an old trailer that was all falling apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but again, Daddy said, this is what you wanted to do. Yeah. Hey, you do, son. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I want to ask, like, your early band, um, you talked about you paid them. What was it like? And, like, what what did you still drum? Or were you, what nope. was your role in that early band? When I left, I, I'm, I'm a drummer. Uh -huh. But, I, I, I again, let's go back to what Daddy was doing. My granddaddy, they were playing accordions. They were accordion players. And um, I followed behind their footsteps. It's like when you're watching Peyton Manning and his brother, Following behind Archie Manning. Mm -hmm. They follow behind their dad's footsteps. I follow behind my grandfather's footsteps and my daddy's footsteps. They both play accordion. And I said, well, I like the drums, but I, I think I'm going to go ahead and be the third generation. I'm going to try to learn this accordion. I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. It was a different instrument. Did your dad teach you? My daddy and my granddaddy. But they both told me, don't play my style. Be you. Mm -hmm. Don't be me. Don't be your grandfather. That seems very complicated to play the accordion. It's very complicated. Uh, but I was young. You know, kids are going to sit there and we're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But it, people is amazed that they look at me and they go, you don't know how to read music? I don't know how you to read music. You still don't. I don't know how to read music. They said, it's well, how do you write your music? I said. It's an inner ear. I learned that from my granddaddy mm -hmm. and my daddy. Because mm -hmm. I asked my dad. I said, how are you writing your music? He said, oh, from my heart, son. From my heart. That long day I had, that just, that's one of those days I, it just come out, it's going to come out of me. So he can play a riff. And I'm watching him playing. How are you figuring the notes out? He can hear it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. I hear music. I can hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, you put a sheet of paper in, in front of me to play some music. You might as well talk Chinese to me. <laughs> I would not know how to figure but it out. But if I hum it to you, you've got it. And that's what I do. I hum and mm -hmm. I whistle. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I can hear the notes, you know? I can sit down. But it's like, that's all good notes. Mm-hmm. And I do that on my accordion. And it's like, wow. People ask me that all the time. How do you do that? It just, I think that's just a, you know, a common thing for me, you know? It just, mm-hmm. it just comes, that it comes to me. Mm-hmm. I can be in bed to sleep. <laughs> I can hear something in my head and I wake up, whoa. And I got to go get up and go play it. Because I hear some a jingle. Da, right. da, 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 I'm like, that can be a song. Mm-hmm. Bring it to the band. Say, man, that's what I was dreaming about last night. <laughs> and they just start. I'm laying in band. I start playing the riff, and it's like, wow, right. where'd you get that from? I said, I don't know. It just came right. to me. Right. It just automatically comes to me. So you started your band 34 years ago, it sounds like. 34 and, years uh, ago. Yeah. So tell me about those early days, though. You you made it. You didn't make a lot of money, but you were traveling. Did did you talk with people as you traveled about Acadiana? Did they know about Zydeco music, or did they just like the beat? No. I was the outsider looking in. Mm-hmm. I went out there uninvited. They wouldn't let me in. They said, what what music are you talking about? This is a blues club. What kind of music are you trying to bring here? I said, my agent called and says, I have a Zydeco band. First of all, the promoter said, a what band? I can't even pronounce what you said, Zydeco? And how do you describe what Zydeco is? And he goes, is, okay, you, you know? want to you want to sit here and explain to me what Zydeco means? Right, right. And, and I have to tell him. It's a mixture of R&B, blues, soul, and rock and roll, all mixed in one, like making a gumbo. Mm-hmm. They say, you take blues, R&B, soul, and you put it into this music? I say, yeah, listen to it. Once they hear me, they sit down and goes, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. you just like the Jimi Hendrix of accordion player, you know? They come to me and goes, man, you are playing blues. You, you're just whipping it up like a, a blues guitar player, but on accordion. But it's also rock. But they see, yeah. they got all that involved in it. Yeah. They hear all that music is in that, what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it my own style, you know? But the beat is always up-tempo. Mm-hmm. It's the blues sped up. How about that? Right. Zydeco music is the blues sped up because it all comes from the blues. Right. But we just have to give that energy behind it. And once they hear it, man, I got on tour. Like I said, nobody wanted to give me for a few bucks to come in the club and play. I'll give them a chance, but I'm not paying them a lot of money in case this don't work. Wow. We got in. Like I said, just give me enough to pay my band. Just let me get in. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I was the outsider looking in, right. trying to get in. Once I got in, holy smokes, they called my agent back and goes, hey, this Zydeco band is good. Mm-hmm. I want some more of that. Where can I get more of that Zydeco stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we really the only region, like in Acadiana? Are, are we really the home of Zydeco? Yes. Is this in any other part of the U.S. or the world? Well, here's the ticker. Now, I'm in, right? I'm traveling. It's a year going, going by, two years going by, mm-hmm. three years going by. Now I'm getting back to Madison, Wisconsin. I'm getting back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, wow. Yes. I'm getting to these places that I first introduced the music to. Now, guess what? Chubby Care, we got an opening Zydeco band for you. Our local Zydeco band. <laughs> Whoa. I said, wait, 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 wait. What did you say? Oh, man, we love Zydeco music. Said, one With our, an accordion? Yes. One of our blues bands decided to start a Zydeco band. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Competition. But that's a good thing. So, wait. Here's a ticket. They're from Madison, Wisconsin, but they mm-hmm. call themselves the Lanyap Band. Oh, no. Can they pronounce it? I said, how you all know about Lanyap? Well, I went to Louisiana, and mm-hmm. he's talking about Lanyap, and everybody said, oh, just a little bit of Lanyap. They heard that. And they go, what is Lanyap? I said, a little bit of something. It's a little extra. That's the name of our band. We're going to call it the Line Yop Zodico Band. (laughs) So things must have gelled because in in 2010, I mean, you were, your band was hitting it. And um, 
you released Zydeco Junkie. Yeah. You talk about that. Yeah. That yeah. had to be listen, the time of your life. The time, listen, I, I, a lot of times, like I said, I wanted to walk away from it because it was so hard to get in. But when I started playing the blues festivals, mm-hmm. when they finally let me in, man, it's amazing. I get there, 89, 90, 91, get on the blue stage. Now you got the promoters talking to me going, hey, this is great. I just absolutely love Zydeco music. I'm going to do this. This is a promoter talking in Fort Lauderdale. I am going to start a Zydeco festival in Fort Lauderdale. Can you help me? I don't know the bands. There's other bands you think would want to come out here? I say, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she said, I said, why are you doing that? Well, I want to separate the blues festival. Yeah, from Newport blues. Yes. Yeah. I want to stay, I want to do a blues festival and I'm going to do a, a Zydeco festival. Mm-hmm. But you got to help me with the bands. Mm-hmm. I said, I can do that. I know all the Cajun and Zydeco bands in Louisiana. Don't you know they had the biggest following in Fort Lauderdale? What a great place. In Fort Lauderdale, Florida, first mm-hmm. of all. So South Florida, right? So Southwest Louisiana. Went to South Florida. I said, but listen, her name is Debbie. I said, Debbie, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. You're not going to have just a festival and try to make believe that you got a Cajun cook and a Zydeco locals. No, no, no. You have to hire yeah. all the Zydeco bands from Louisiana, all the Cajun bands from Louisiana, all the cooks from Louisiana. If you're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. She goes, yes. I don't want to try to make it a Fort Lauderdale kind of yeah. Zydeco festival Luke with Warren. our local yeah. guys that cook crabs and seafood. I said, no, 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 no. You, you, need, you need to have somebody from here mm-hmm. boiling your crawfish. So guess what? We all went. As we go into Fort Lauderdale, we're passing each other's trucks up. The bands are going. I'm saying, everybody's heading to South Florida. Successful. It become one of the biggest festivals, Zydeco festivals, out of the state of Louisiana. Gosh. And what an ambassador you've been yeah. for our yeah. state and our culture. Yeah. Because a lot of it, the Blues Festival in Portland, same mm-hmm. thing. They have their own Zydeco stage now. And this is because Still. yes, today. Oh. Yes, because when I went, they didn't know we know we don't want this band. We're a blues mm-hmm. festival. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, we want more, we want more. So they bring me, Gino, Steve Riley, every Zydeco band is up there now. Have fun. But again, I was that outsider yep. looking in. I could not get in. I said, y'all just gotta hear it one time. Once you hear it, that you're gonna be hooked. So I guess what? I'm playing blues festivals, I'm playing blues cruises. Who would have thought a Zydeco band on a blues cruise? You know, you got all these big bands, Buddy Guy and all these big mm-hmm. artists, but you want a Zydeco band on the blue? Yes. Yes. Because it changes the, the genre, mm-hmm. you know? You yeah. got us bringing it to, to the stage. So I am so honored to be that ambassador. When I went to the Zydeco Festival and they said, Chubby Carey, we were making you the ambassador, and I got the key to the city oh, of Lafayette, I said, wow, mm-hmm. wow. And I was getting ready to walk away from it all. You know, I did my part. Did your dad see all this? Yes. He was does. around? But then uh, this is the the story. Daddy used to tell me, you're not gonna go on, you're not gonna make it as a musician. And he, I got a tour bus and I started traveling. He said, Man, what Zydeco band get a tour bus? I said, Dad, we're working. I was doing 275 dates a year. Oh my gosh. Never home. I did that 20 years, y'all. I was young. I can't do it now. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was that determined. I did 275 dates a year. On the road. Wow. Gosh. Did you know this album, you know, when you when you released Zydeco Junkie, did you know that it was but it was the real thing? N- no. You never know when it's the real thing. When we write albums, when we write music, you can go and sit there and write a song or write an album, and hopefully, hopefully, yeah. the audience is going to buy it. Uh, so back on my daddy, after I'm doing this and touring and touring and touring and touring, and I said, well, Dad, I think I made it. That's all I'm doing full time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sad part was I got nominated in 2010 for mm-hmm. the Grammy. My daddy died before I got nominated. Oh. I'm not done with you yet. That's in May of 2010. December 2010, my mom passed. Oh, I'm sorry. December 12th of 2010, I get nominated for the Grammy. And this me, I want to be able to say, Dad, you remember that time when you told me, yeah. go get a job, son, because you're not going to make any music. This for me to sit and have that conversation with him one-on-one and says, Daddy, I'm a Grammy nominee now. Mm-hmm. Mom, I'm a Grammy nominee. When you told me, stop beating on those drums, you're driving me crazy. <laughs> like Todd Rundgren, I'm just going to bang on the drum all day. On her pots and everything, pots and pans. <laughs> but this to me, for me to sit and have that conversation yeah. with him, they wasn't there. I'm sorry they weren't there. They wasn't there. In my heart, I feel like they were there. Yeah. Yeah, But it wasn't the same as having them by your side. I know. Just to have them. I wanted wanted them to be to the Grammys with me. I know. You know? Um, It was just one of those things. You know, when she called my name, I said, Grammy, go see Chubby carrying the Bayou Swamp Band. As I'm walking up there, I'm just thinking about my dad and my mom. And I'm like, wow, they're not here, man. They see me. You know, but I looked up, pointed to the sky, I said, I know y'all looking. Mm -hmm. You know? But that was a moment. You know, in time, because for me to take my genre, my music, my tradition, my heritage to the people when they didn't even know what Zydeco music mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. I felt that my accomplishment was achieved. You really hit it when you decided to go into this field right when our culture was being lifted. Right. You know, the Acadiana culture. Yes. I think you really, your timing was excellent. And it was also excellent. We were talking before the podcast started your year that you won in 2011 in Best Side of Co. or Cajun Music Album, that was the last year yeah, you see, that our region uh, had its own yeah. Grammy the way they uh, run category. The, the, the way they run the Grammy, you, it's, it's actually 2010. You you receive yeah, it in 2011, mm-hmm. the next year. It's like the Super Bowl. You play all year long, and yeah. then you're going to get the, grand, uh, the the trophy in mm-hmm. the following year. You got the Super Bowl the following year. But, uh, yeah, and the, <laughs> being that the Zodico music had its own category, was something special because we've been around longer than the Grammys. That music has been around way longer than the Grammys. Mm-hmm. It was about time we get our own category. Mm-hmm. It's like, what took y'all so long, right? So we fin- we finally got it. We have it for seven years, but they pulled it back. So I was the last recipient to win for the best Zydeco or Cajun album. And after that year, they pulled it. Now it's a more generic roots. Yeah, um, best regional roots regional album. Regional roots. Yeah, which don't have the same ring as the best Zydeco mm-hmm. or Cajun album. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm glad I walked away with that album because, like I said, I think about it because my grand. This is for granddaddy. This is for my daddy. This is for all my cousins that played the music, and it says best Zydeco album. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That that really put the icing on the cake for me. You know, we interviewed Lost by You Ramblers. Um, gosh, a few years back, and they were talking about going to the Grammys, and they drove across the country and didn't have a lot of money, and it was just so exciting. But they were like, they still had to do gigs mm-hmm. on the way there and back to pay their way, yeah. you know, the Misha yeah. brothers and their band. So right. this was, for you, you really had made it. Yeah, but it yeah. Just, like you said, they don't give you tickets. You got to still purchase tickets. You still have to purchase. You still and, have yeah. to purchase. You got to get there. Mm-hmm. You not, They give you a discount, but you have to purchase tickets. So. Mm-hmm. My thought was, not the, the, before there was GoFundMe, I said, wait a minute, 
I've been playing how many benefits and fundraisers for you guys? I need help. I need a little bit of help. It's my turn to get mm-hmm. <laughs> So what we did, it, helped, it said, help Chubby get to the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And man, we raised, we raised so much money to you get did? the Yeah. The fans stepped in and goes, whoa, no, we're going to show up for that event, man. Mm-hmm. How many times we asked you to play a benefit, dedicate your time, yeah. donate your time? No, man, we're going to support you. So we did a little benefit for help Chubby to get to the Grammys. You didn't have to ride the Greyhound bus? <laughs> no, no, I flew. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to drive the bus. <laughs> Because if you look at it, Los Angeles is 30-something hours from here. It's a long drive. (laughs) So we raised enough money to get airline tickets for all five band members, Mm -hmm. hotel room, food, and lodging. You know? Gosh. I didn't see the pictures of that. I need to look them up. I'm sure you've looked. You dressed Oh, yeah. um, You can just pull up Chevy Carey on the uh, YouTube. You're going to see it. Yeah. I'll get it for our podcast. (laughs) Kathy Griffin was uh, the host. Oh, no. And she was funny. funny. She said, uh, I just like the category. The best Zodico occasion album. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she couldn't say my name. She was like, Chubby Courier, Courier. You know, she couldn't pronounce it. Right. right. But <clears throat> I was telling her, you know, you don't, get, you don't get separated from the nominees. I had my medallion on and it says Grammy nominee. And I said, ma'am, excuse me, where, where do we go? And she says, oh, you go in, you go here. And I said, well, Justin Bieber in there. <gasps> Beyonce's in there. Wow. Lady Gaga's in there. Garth wow. Brooks in there. She goes, and you, go you got to go in there because you're a nominee. Mm-hmm. Now you get in there and, and you find awesome. your category. You just got to find your spot. Yeah. So I'm passing right there. What's Rubbing up, man? shoulders. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> What's up? Lady Gaga got all this stuff on at the time uh-huh. when she's wearing it. She just looked at you like she was possessed. <laughs> and I just said, hey, I'm a Zodico junkie. <laughs> and she probably, she probably knew exactly what that was. Oh, yeah. Her, Beyonce, they all know. <clears throat> they know. But they, they follow, they're musicians. They follow that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But just to be able to be part of that. And this is the kicker here. Now, I'm doing an interview with Entertainment Tonight. Oh, State your name. Tell us why you're here. What category? They, I mean, just like big stars. They treat you the same way. So I'm conducting my interview. Justin Bieber's late. He had a certain time you got to be there. So his manager came over. Oh, oh, we got to get Justin in. We got to get Justin in. He's late. He's running late. Now let us excuse me. I'm conducting an interview with Mr. Carrier. Justin Bieber's late. He's just going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Get in line. Get in line. I'm like, I looked at her and said, you just did that for me? She said, yes, because he's late. <laughs> I just can't imagine. What a memory. Um, I knew I made it then when she just shoo him off. I know. I know. You know, we're, we're here with Jason Sikora, who tapes our show. And Jason's a, a musician, talented in so many ways. And we've talked about this on the show. Locally, people don't always want to pay to hear music. We have free festivals. We have... Free this and that. We expect musicians, as you said, to donate their time and services. Yes. And then with Spotify and all the streaming services, making money is so different today. And I'm gonna let you guys talk about that mm-hmm. when I stop yakking. But mm-hmm. if you can touch on that, like you, you kind of made it when people were still buying albums, CDs, um, CDs, I guess, mm-hmm. before this big changeover, right? Yes, I was making a lot of money. <laughs> I was making a lot of money until the big companies come in called, you know, the Spotify's, the Apple Music, and the Napster. Amazon and yeah. Napster. It's like when they interfered, they just took a whole bunch of my living out of me. I used to go to the festivals, and I'm quite sure you guys did too. And as soon as I'm done with the festival, I had tons of CDs. I even had a merch guy because we're selling so many mm-hmm. CDs. I'm walking off with a lot of money per night. I'm like, wow. But again, Grammy Award, I learned the system. Swampadelic Records is mine. All my carrier, me home music publishing is mine, 100%. I go sell my CDs, it's mine, mm-hmm. right? Until all these guys come in and all of a sudden they say, oh yeah, we're going to be we're gonna be your manufacturer and this and that. So whoa, 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 you, what you mean? 
When they stepped in, they started telling me, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a half a cent a song. What? A half a cent. You ever heard of that? A half a cent a song. Royalty? When it's played? Yes. So now I'm getting my little checks, which is pennies now, when I was getting dollars. I know you can, you can, you can chat yeah, on that. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, yeah. It, I've seen the—I have a few friends on Facebook. They post the royalty checks. Mm-hmm. Like 53 cents, 67 cents. I got to say— We're I, talking top 10 artists yeah. making less than a dollar per year on a song. Less than a dollar. And that's, 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 that's big artists. Yes. And you, you wonder how fair is that to the artist, you know, any artist. When I was there, when, when they seen us making money finally, because you know what? They always come after the small companies. They come after they come after the people that they think they can just go ahead and distribute yeah. and doing you a favor because we Spotify. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have you everywhere. No, I'm everywhere. 275 dates a year. I don't need you. I was my walk, I was a walking billboard for Chubby Carrying the Bayou Swamp Band. Mm-hmm. I was walking home with some money. Until when the big companies found that out, they're gonna cut the little man out. They're gonna cut him out quickly. But they're also gonna cut out entertainment. Entertainment. Like I mean, why would somebody yeah. that didn't have a foot in the door? Yeah. A lot of those big companies, like the Google, I'm quite sure they must have got uh, into a lot of the the, the head banging with those people coming up there taking their money. So from my perspective is, yeah, I left the music business about 2010 and we saw it starting, Mm -hmm. right? And I saw, we saw a lot of artists at that time either sell their publishing, right? And Mm -hmm. and take the lump sum or renew their publishing deals before the streaming got in. Right. so like Google Dolls did okay. A lot of the artists I worked for did okay because they had good managers. Mm-hmm. They saw it coming. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, that was it. I, I what was it? Uh, Snoop Dogg was you know he said yeah. I have a million listens on Spotify. How come I only made five dollars? I don't get that. And, and, and Snoop Dogg, he's still Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Now you know what? Like you said, the eleven cents. I'm smaller, right? I'm a smaller company. I got a check in the mail for one cent. <laughs> Can you even cash can, that? Can you, can you even? When I looked at, I had to. I, that's I posted. I said, "Look, y'all." The bank will charge you. My royalty check, yeah. check came in. Oh God! So you're talking about eleven cent, one cent. How you have the audacity well, to send me a check for one cent? So you have to tour. You have to do your gigs to make money. Now sell tickets. Nowadays, now now since all this is going, we can go on tour. We can well, whatever thing price gouging now because gas high, mm-hmm. hotels high. We hardly making any money now. Um, I just come back from Kansas City. Speaking about, we, we were talking about you come home. I love being home, mm-hmm. but everything is free. Mm-hmm. Free, free, free. We had a cover charge or we put a cover charge on. It's like, ooh, $15 to go see Chubby. We can see him for free at Festival International. You know, that hurt us. It really does. Mm-hmm. If we just can all, people can just all stop and take a little, this a one think break. Think about this, y'all. The artist and the music that y'all love, Y'all are hurting us by not coming out and supporting us. But you yet you want to call me and ask me to donate my time? Mm-hmm. Oh, my cousin's sick. Okay, I understand. He got cancer, medical bills. That's fine. But I can't play a benefit or a fundraiser for everybody. So I'm asking you, can you support me on that? It's just a $15 cover charge. Nobody shows up. Really? Which is crazy considering yeah. they probably spent more than that at Starbucks that morning. Oh, yeah, a sandwich. Or going to eat breakfast. I said, oh, you got to be kidding me. Tonight, we had to say we played at Rock and Bowl. Oh, man, we want to go, but I seen the tickets were 20 bucks. Okay? It's an evening of, yeah, entertainment. It's like, you're not going to, no, that's 40 bucks if I'm taking me and my wife. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, this stuff like that kind of gets to me underneath my skin. And I'm like, you know what? Grammy Award winner or not, where's the respect in that? Yeah. Yeah. I 
did everything I can to support Louisiana. I, I, I put Louisiana out on the map. I partnered up with Louisiana Tourism. Everything that I can possibly do is to mm-hmm. say, you know, this is our culture. This is where we're from. And I'm taking it to the mm-hmm. world. And I come back home and get that. Yeah. Tell me what you've seen, though, yeah. when you have traveled. Like, what are other, let's get outside of Louisiana, mm-hmm. Kansas City, other mm-hmm. places you play, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. People are willing to pay for a night of entertainment. 25, 30 bucks. Easy. Mm-hmm. I got to get my tickets. And they buy tickets. You know, we just sold out Kansas City, 800 people, mm-hmm. $25 to get in. You know, nobody hesitated to, to, mm-hmm. to succeed. But again, we take a lot of things here for granted. We shouldn't do that because when the pandemic shut down, everybody was in a frantic. Oh, my God. We don't have any music anymore. Oh, so you remember that time I told you to come see us play? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what happened? Two years of no music. It's like, man, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, will you come pay the mm-hmm. the money now? Come on. But even Jazz Fest charges, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's about, a, what, 100 bucks a day to get maybe. in? Maybe. I mean, people pay it. Yeah, yeah. they pay it. Yeah. You know, it's worth it. Yeah, but it's worth it. Look at the lineup. Santana. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, come on. You got to, you don't, yeah, and, and all the, you paying that $100 yeah. to get in to see all these people. Mm-hmm. But it's just the idea. You know, I, I have a bad taste in my mouth about it because, you know what, support your local artists. Mm-hmm. It's like we said, support local. Yeah. Support artists. And it's just because we're musicians, don't not, like, put your head up and go, no, man, I can see Chubby. No, don't do that. Yeah. You know, support your local artists, man. Well, I'm asking for a reason because I want to see our culture sustained and reinvigorated. And it can't happen if the artists can't stay here. If we, if that keep happening, it's going to deter. We don't. We had twenty five zydeco bands. You know how many we have now? Ten. Because they they keep, they're not getting the support they need to get here. Mm-hmm. We had twenty five to thirty zydeco bands. Well, they can move to Wisconsin. It sounds like. Oh, they can <laughs> move to Kansas City. Madison, Wisconsin. Go to yeah. go to Kansas City because yeah. I tell you what, I just come out of there, man. I was like, I, I'm underneath the wheel driving. It's thirteen hours, but you know what? I got there. They, I mean, their arms were open wide. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Kansas City. What can I do for you? Uh, can I get you some food? Can I get you these drinks? Can I get mm-hmm. you a hotel? Whatever you need. And then you get in there and everybody's going, job, job, job. I'm like, whoa, wow. this feels good. Because yeah. I've been playing in that area since 1989. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the kids that's coming to see me now, their mom and daddy introduced them to the music. Mm-hmm. And now they have kids bringing their kids to that's my so shows. That's sweet. I'm like, whoa, that's been yeah. 34 years ago. Yeah. And what, what did they eat in Kansas City? Like, what's a good what's, barbecue? They have good barbecue. Oh my God. Mm. You cannot go to Kansas City and not have their barbecue. <laughs> they got the best barbecue ever. And listen, the thing about when I travel, I tell people, don't try to make me feel at home cooking me a Cajun dish. No, don't, don't butcher that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. That's a matter of fact, that's in my contract. Do not. Are you a diva? I'm like, do not, do not serve me Cajun food in Madison, Wisconsin. Okay. Just cheese is fine. I want y'all. Yeah, give me some Madison, Wisconsin. What's what you got specialty? Mm-hmm. You go to Omaha, Omaha steaks. Yeah. You get the Kansas City. You get the Kansas City barbecue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you get there and you get the love from the people. Yeah. And I'm looking at these crowd of people just having the time of their life mm-hmm. to Zydeco music in Kansas City. You know, so it's well worth the drive. Right. Besides your Grammy award, what what's like a highlight that really stands out in your mind looking back at your career? Because you have so much in front of you, but is there something you go back to? Yeah, I go love? back to this. I go back to my daddy and my granddaddy, the hard times they had as musicians coming up. They got their music taken away from them. 
Meaning, if you want to sign with this label, we want your full publishing. I want all your rights. Wow. I'll sign you, but I'm going to take all your rights. My granddaddy and my daddy got songs that they, they wrote that they don't even own. That's what stirred me up to start it, my own label. Daddy said, when you're going to get started, son, don't be in the business. Be of the business. Learn the business. Because I'm telling you, you can write a song and somebody else can own it. And if they come back and do a commercial or any kind of movie, they're going to get paid. You're not. So I come back and I think about when I started Swampadelic Records for my granddaddy and my daddy teaching me the business. And I thank them every day for teaching me the business mm -hmm. before I go through whatever they went through. Um, I, wrote, I did one of my cousin's songs, Baby and Calvin, Blue Runner. Florence Swallow, the company, calls me up and says, hey, man, you're worth some money. I'm like, what What? what, what you said? Because they own the rights of that song. Oh. So I'm going to pay them instead of my cousin that wrote his song. You know, that kind of stuff like that, you know? But when I, once I learned the business and I took care of my very own, all my friends from Church Point that was telling me I was going to never amount to anything, uh, I come back and I say, hey, that's my label. I own all my publishing. Mm -hmm. I want a Grammy under my label. Nobody else but me. Thank you, Granddaddy. Thank you, Daddy, yeah. for teaching me that. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> At least they knew to tell you, like, so many people just don't even know, no, right? Oh, no. They went through that. Uh -huh. And they said, we don't want to see you doing it. I know you want to be a musician. Everything you're talking to is a musician. You want to be a musician. You want to be in the music business. But listen, learn that business. Man, you can go out there and go tour. Get all Madison Square Garden. You're gonna, you know what? That money gonna filter away after a while. We want that mailbox money to come in. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I want to own because that one cent check. That that, that, that <laughs> one cent check. <laughs> I'm giving you. A hard that's time, what it is. No, that's what it is yeah. now because you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's exactly what it is. I don't mean it like no, that. No, no, you're right. Yeah, but that's what at one time well, yeah. I used to get those royalty checks, man. I was rolling. I know. And now since I wrote all my new music, I'm getting these one cent, two mm -hmm. cent. <laughs> Well, luckily, you're still performing across the But US at least I own my music. Right. Now, it's funny how you own your own music. Now, you're not getting paid for it. You're getting them one-cent checks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I own all my music, and I've never seen a penny. So, mm -hmm. uh, Well, so we talked about—sorry to interrupt. We talked about no, this uh, before the podcast, um, how many artists, musicians, many artists in general, aren't equipped to deal with the business side of art. So, and I, I think you just kind of hit on that. Yeah. That was one of my questions yeah. is advice for young people. Yeah. My yeah. advice would be learn the business Yes, because yes. the art will only get you so far. Managing your money and people right. is going to be just as important. Because, you know, when everybody's not built that way. Mm -hmm. Some people can be business-like, some people not. Mm -hmm. That's why they got a road manager. They hire a road manager. That's why, that's why they hire an agent. That's all me. But I was built that way because my daddy, my, my granddaddy didn't know how to read or write. I was the one filling out papers for him at five, six years old. Wow. I was reading and writing their contracts. Mm -hmm. You know, and they said, hey, daddy, what, what, what are they saying right here? I said, they said, and I would read it to them, and this is what the stipulation is, you know? But then that's when I started learning my business. And that's when daddy and granddaddy were saying, I'm glad you're doing this, son, because listen, you have to learn the business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that gave me a chance to learn the business. Not everybody had that opportunity. Yeah. Some of them was great musician, great guitar slinger, but can't handle business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. Because a lot of the times, of course, everybody's not built that way. Uh, some people just don't want to do, have nothing to do with it. That's what they got an agent for. That's what they got a manager for. Yeah, and attorneys. Um, yeah, attorneys and all them. Though. I don't want to deal with that. Yep. Yeah. So you're giving 15%, 20%, 30% of your money already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't want to do that. 
Yeah. But that money going to filter away. And then now it's today. I bet they're regretting it because we're getting our pennies and oh, nickels. Yeah. <laughs> Saying, I should have learned the business. I got 100% like Chubby. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I took it and ran, you know? Exactly. Well, and being an artist is expensive. Yeah. Right? I no. mean, I get an extra 500 bucks and I'm, what's my next guitar? Yeah. Right? I'm not thinking about anything else other than like my hobby. Right. And, right. you know, and I even, I have a hard time thinking past that. Right, right, right. Exactly, man. You know, and today in this world, like you said, making money is hard in the music business right now. It really is because everything is not on your side anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is pretty much get thrown at you. It's like, what? Instruments. You know, you can get, you, uh, I want to buy some of the top line microphones. It's like, man, but I oh, just gosh. don't have, you, right. you know, the money for that. You go out and do a nice little weekend run, but you got to be careful, you know, because in the contract says, I need y'all to take care of rooms, meals, lodging. I need some help. Mm-hmm. We used to get tour supports from record companies. That's not there no more. Everything going to have to come into the contract of what you need before you leave the house. Because now today, gas is high. Yeah. The cost of living is high. Meals are high, hotels are sky high. Mm-hmm. And if you don't put that in the contract, like I said, you don't get no tour support. You're in the van. Yeah. That's it. You're done. Sleep you might as well stay van. home. Yeah. yeah. Jason Sikora, you know, I want you to ask your questions. This is really your field. <laughs> I know you've got some questions. <laughs> I, I, we could, this could be like podcast part two. Um, so <laughs> kind of staying on the same theme here. So I'd, I'd heard this before, and that was, you know, prior to the invention of actually recording music. Music was a service, mm-hmm. right? You paid people to come perform for you. And then we had a product and music became a product for a hundred years. And I've heard it said that we're now back to it being a service, mm-hmm. right? There is no product anymore because right. it's all available. Kind of what you were saying, Dan, for free. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of, would you agree with that statement? I would agree to that statement, man. I mean, it just, it just ricocheted. So what just happened? You know, it's like, what are you, what, what's going on? What happened to what we, when we used to make money and stuff like that? No, it's not like that no more. You know, so here we go back to whatever this is because we're sitting up here going, we got all this music exposed. I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, but why am I not? What, what is going on with my, my checks, my money, and, yeah. and me as a musician? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. So we back to that. It's like, that's crazy. I never crazy. thought about that. So I paid $10.99 to Apple. And then yep. I can get yep. everything. You can get everything, huh? And I already owned a lot of stuff. You can get, but it's easier just to just like search. And you see that that right there. You just pay ten ninety nine to go and Apple and get all the music you want. I mean, you everybody stream. from Every, you whatever. Just type in any down Basie, like just you, count, yeah. Beatles. Count it in. Yeah. See, that's what's happening now. Now, guess what? This mm-hmm. young man. That's it. That the one record that you paid ten ninety nine. That that whole. And we sp- paid double that for an album. You, you know, I guess that? I don't remember the last time I bought an album, but it would have been. When I was selling CDs $20. at fifteen to twenty dollars mm-hmm. a pop, I was burning them at like a dollar eleven a copy. Oh man! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was rolling in some money. I was rolling in some money, but when those big guys came in, like mm-hmm. the big corporations or whatever, and when they started rolling in and saying, "Hmm, what are we gonna do going mainstreaming?" Distribution, manufacturing, uh, but we're gonna have you everywhere. I'm like, first of all, I didn't been everywhere. I don't really need you. Why are you coming up and taking up all the little bit that I have? Right. So you can have whatever I had. Mm-hmm. I don't have that no more. I mean, and this is this, this is great for the consumer, right? Because I after mm, this podcast, I, I, I can hop on Spotify or YouTube and find all of your stuff. Yep. I don't have to go to a record store. I don't have to hop on online and like down buy a CD and wait for it. So it's great for me. It hurts you though. It hurts the musicians. Yes. In a big way. So keeping I mean, that hurt. in mind, 
we're going to spend $15 on a movie ticket and then buy popcorn and oh, soda for a two hour movie, but we're not willing to spend $10 to go see our favorite band for two hours. Yes, sir. Like, what's that disconnect all about? But that's yeah. changed too, yeah. Jason. You know, people are going to see Barbie, but a lot of people just wait and watch stuff on <laughs> Netflix. You're right. You're you know? right. That is true. Because it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah. But there is a middle ground, I think. No, it is. But it's like he said, though, man. I mean, now. I could pull out my phone right now and say, hey, man, I, I just heard a song on the radio. I can be riding in my truck. I like that. I'm going to look him up. Oh, your phone can tell you what song you're listening you to. Yeah. When you do that, you know, as me as a musician, I just can cringe. Mm -hmm. Because at that one time when I used to sit on that stage and says, y'all meet me at the, the CD booth. I'll be more than glad to sign your CD. Mm -hmm. That's not happening no more. None. You know, like you said, you pay $10.99. You can look up Garth Brooks, you can look up Beyonce, mm -hmm. you can look up Chubby. Get all the music you want. Yeah. $10.99 a month. Apple music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what's the best way to support an artist now? I mean, obviously ticket sales and merch. Is that kind of it? No, is that what no, we're left to? No, merch is merch is pretty much gone too. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Um I, I can't even get them sometimes to buy a ticket. It's, it's sad to say, you know, and and it's just in this part of the world. And, but I, when I when I go out of town now, probably like I go to Kansas City, Portland, or something like that, I can make a little extra money on merch. And but like I said, on CDSL, no, no, there's no such thing because I'm on stage. I can see them just downloading right there. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I can say this is a song off on one of my latest albums, Zydeco Junkie album. Oh, Zydeco Junkie. Yeah. Boom. Hey, I got your album. Yeah. Add the playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Add exactly. the playlist. Yeah. And guess what I got? One cent. <laughs> Or half a cent a song, dear. Now, this, when I get that $9.99, whoo, I almost I made it $10. I know. <laughs> it seems like it's good for consumers, but not if our world uh, is shrinking. No. The consumers, yes. But no. for, the, for the musicians, no. Well, no. The, the art is going to suffer because oh, of yeah, this. Oh, yeah, we suffer. And we we'll suffer. suffer at some we're point. Yeah. We are, right now, we are suffering. This is the worst I ever, ever, in my whole career, would never think in a million years I'll be suffering with my own music. It's almost discouraging to write a song. That's what I was thinking. It's, it really is. Somebody asked me, did you write a song after Zadie Jump? No. It really, it really discouraged me because I know what I'm going to be getting. Yep. I'm putting all this E for effort and everything I can to make it, you know, possible to write some new music. But, I mean, I'm not getting anything from it. Yeah. Well, I, we've talked about this before, how with any issue that we've had a guest in here talk about, the pendulum swings back and forth. Mm -hmm. And right now it has swung too far one way and needs to balance. It and we're, and balance. we're seeing some bounce back, right? There's some great new artists, independent, not even a label, just a dude at home who's making YouTube videos, getting yeah. a million views, making five grand off of it. Yes, that, so that. we're seeing it come back a little bit in certain aspects. In certain aspects. Because that's what they're doing now. That's a new thing now. Yep. You know, it's not me going and making a new album, you know, and wanting to go back to the Grammys. No. People going on YouTube and making this one little song, hey, man, I like my chicken on a bone and do some kind of funny <laughs> stuff. Hey, how you like it at home? And next thing you know, boom, a million and two copies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and YouTube will pay you. No, and that's what the thing. $3,000 for every million views or something if it's monetized. Every, yeah. So now there's there's a revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So that that's that's... As an artist, I never thought I would be able to do something. But if I want to make money, that's the route I have to take. Yep. I have to go to YouTube and make some kind of a gimmick song, and hopefully they're going yeah. to get 100.2 million followers of views so I can get some money. I like Daryl. And that's not easy to Darryl do. Daryl Hall, no. where he gets other musicians on. And, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. You got to come up with something like that. That's the only way you're going to make it as a musician now, not CD sales. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, no, it's kind of dead. Uh, 
kind of turning the corner here a little bit, what artists do you listen to? Or what artists did you listen to growing up and what do you listen to now? Oh, a little bit of everything, man. I listen to blues, soul, rock and roll. Uh, you know, when you little, little Richard, James Brown, B.B. King, you oh, know, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of old country music. Okay. But that 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 makes the wheels turn because you can hear the blues, you can hear Zydeco, you can hear Cajun, mm-hmm. you can hear country. So I, I I turn the tables and try to listen to a little bit of all of it, you know? Okay. Yeah, and they give me some ideas. You know, and that country music tells good stories. Yeah. You know, Merle Haggard was my guy. Oh, you know, nice. yeah, man, yeah. I just, well, he told some stories, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you talk about playing drums. You talk about playing accordion. First of all, I toured with a guy. I was a tech for a guy who had an accordion. Those things do not travel well. No, it don't. You need to like have some serious engineering skills to keep those up and running. Man, let me tell you, I done had so many breakdowns on my accordions in Chicago, in Kansas City, in St. Louis. Nobody was there. It's like, 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 like having a guitar tech. Yeah. You don't have an accordion tech. We no. don't have an accordion <laughs> tech. If that thing get busted up, you, I'm in trouble, man. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, a few times it happened, man. I had to find this old guy that was, uh, he liked to do poker. And he goes, oh, yeah, man, bring it on in. I'll take care of it for you. You know, <laughs> I had to search, man. I mean, really search. So no no accordion techs on the road, but you bust it up, you're on your own. Yeah, I remember one time we were playing like Florida or something. The accordion set out in the sun for like a half hour. Mm. Oh, no. And and uh, yeah, the, the guy yeah. freaked out. He's like, no, get it inside right now because the wax on the inside there the will wax. start to melt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's got wax. It's got wax. Yep. I did that one time at a festival. Set it right in the sun, man. Came back. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and then tuning problems and everybody's retuning to A equals 443 because it's a little yeah. off. And yep. Yeah. Oh, I know it. I, we had to deal with it. You yeah. did that too, huh? Yeah. A equals 443 for the accordion songs. The guitar players would get mad at me. I said, hey, man, we're not going to be in 440 this time. What? Go to 443. Yep. <laughs> and I'm saying it like this. Where's all Zodico motion? <laughs> I had to retune it, man. Are there any other instruments that you play? Or- yeah, drums. Okay. I, I'm a drummer. Uh, I play a little bit of bass, uh, not too, too much, but drums. And uh, I tried some guitar because my daddy was a guitar player. Mm-hmm. But um, I mainly stuck to the, the drums a whole lot. But when accordion came my way, that was it. Now I get these nicknames, the Jimi Hendrix of accordion player, because yeah. I play all these weird licks on it, you know? That's oh, awesome. Because you say, man, you're playing blues. I said, I told you it's the blues. Because you're hearing blues. It's actually got harmonica reads. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. It, you know, yep. it just reads, mm-hmm. and it's just playing it, and you're just making a trickle. And everybody hears it says, man, it sounds like a harmonica, and you're playing a, like a harmonica with a guitar lick. You know? Yeah. I said, that's me listening to the blues, you know? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you still play? You still do live shows? Yeah, I'm doing live shows. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, locally, I'm, I'm not touring anymore. Okay. I go out every now and then, but a uh, lot of local stuff, man, a lot of local mm-hmm. stuff. So how do people find those shows? Uh, on our Facebook page or okay. Instagram, they go to Chubby Carrier. Okay, I got all my dates listed on there. Like this Sunday, we're gonna be at the Rock and Bowl in in uh in uh New, in Lafayette. They got mm-hmm. one in New Orleans as well, but uh, they follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Chubby Carrier, the Bayou Swamp Band. Okay, all right. I'm gonna like that page as soon as we're done here, so I can come check out some shows. And you play weddings too. Yeah, weddings, corporate parties, Mardi yeah. Gras parties. That's what I heard at Wing Wars. I was hearing one of the people there at yeah. our table when we yeah. were judging. I think yeah, because I you think played uh, at a wedding. I like, think I did their wedding. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we do love all that. You. They love it because they said we want some energy mm-hmm. at our wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't want no cover band. I want some live Zydeco music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, backing up, because I have lots of notes here, man. I was just yeah. writing away. You said yeah. 275 shows. Uh-huh. That is five shows a week, ladies and gentlemen. Man. That's working five nights a week, yeah. nonstop for a year. Right. That's crazy. Drinking straight risky. Oh. <laughs> 
That's how you survive on the road. Kill, kill the germs. I don't even know how I have a liver right now. I guess that's why I don't drink no more. Or voice, huh? Or yeah. no. voice. <laughs> Working in them smoky joints, yeah. Uh, but what, what kind of advice would you have for young musicians who want to be performers? And really, I think this is even a more interesting question. What advice do you have for their parents who have to listen to their drums all day long? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mom, get you some earbuds. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of times when we started playing, we go, and mom's like, cut it out. Yep. I can only hear it so, for so many hours and I got enough. I have an exedrin headache. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Made a BC powder. This BC powder, all that stuff, man. But, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of hard. My mom and dad, would, she'd say, listen, that's a certain time you need to do this. Not after work and not in the morning. <laughs> so you're going to have to be in between, right? But I tell all the kids, follow your dreams, man. I'm living proof of that. I'm from Church Point, Louisiana. And who would have thought that a guy out of Church Point, small town, would make it to Los Angeles in the biggest mm-hmm. scene ever, the Grammy Awards? Mm-hmm. And we watched these Grammys as kids. Mm-hmm. We've been watching the Grammys. But from Church Point to Los Angeles, follow your dreams. You know, don't let nobody ever tell you you're never going to ever make it. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? I told them, I said, I proved them wrong because that motivated me more. I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You keep telling me that. You're going to say, I'm going for it. I don't care what you say about me, man. Man, you ain't going to make it inside of cool music. Who wants to listen to that old people's music, man? And an accordion of all places. All my life, I've heard that. So I tell my kids, do not listen to that. Follow your dream. Follow your heart. Go for it. Yeah. I'm living proof. And let's get parents to listen to that too. Yes. To let their children dream. And that's what I like oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. When I seen it, this is how my father introduced it to the kids. I like when people say, gather up all our heritage mm-hmm. and offer it to our children. Yeah. We have to do that. And I'm doing it. I'm going out into these schools and motivating them and giving them some inspiration, mm-hmm. bringing my Grammy, playing for them, and just give them that little fire. You know, go for it. You might want to be a dentist. You might want to be a, just whatever is in your heart, go for it. You know, follow your dream, man. Stick to it. Again, I'm living proof. Church Point, Louisiana, I'm on the map. 275 days a year. That's crazy. It's a beautiful <laughs> message. Crazy. Yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and just, just to add on to that, and work, like live it. Yeah. The, the musicians who make yeah. it have longevity, yeah. when they wake up in the morning, they're putting an instrument in their hand and they're listening to music. Right, right, they're right. Not, they're not getting up and messing around for four hours. No. They're music from the time you wake up. Now listen, there's other streaming that's going on. You got a lot of streaming. You got a, the YouTube. You got all this stuff going on. Follow what's going on. Research it. If the music ain't making it, you don't want to make the one cent like I did, go to YouTube where you can get paid. They even do reels. Reels is starting to pay people now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go do you some reels, man. Get your card in and just start welling it. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm finding myself doing now. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, hmm, I ain't recording no more music. I don't want to get that half a cent no more. So I got to find ways, you know? Yeah. Not saying that I'm going to have 1.2 followers, a million, but you got to still try to go and get involved. Mm-hmm. Get involved. You know what I'm saying? Don't sit around. Go get involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's my that's my way of saying it to the kids. Awesome. Well, Chubby, thank you for being here. Yeah. And, and Jan, again, thank you for a wonderful guest and for letting me ask some questions. Thank you, it's Jason a- Secor. He makes our our taping so professional. I want to thank you for all you've done over the years. Well, nice and, meeting you, Phil. Yeah, 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 man. yeah. This has been great. I, I want to thank Chubby Carrier for being here. Chubby, I admire you. 
Thank so you. much. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. being here. After all the years, here we are. We're still, we're still pulling through, huh? Yeah. It's always good to see <laughs> Let's you. Let's keep it going, my dear. I want to thank our listeners for your loyal support. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Discover Lafayette wherever you get your podcast. You can also visit discoverlafayette.net. You'll see Chubby's interview along with about almost 330 others. I haven't counted the last few weeks, but we're, we're getting to that point. It comes yep. out every week on Fridays, Chubby. So right, please right. check out our website. So will. And we're going to close out our show with a clip from Back to My Roots, and it's called Another Pretty Face. Chubby, thank you for giving us permission. And thank you for having music. me. Thank you so it's much, It's my dear. pleasure. <laughs> Clean up this mess, stop fooling around